Hello and welcome to another episode of The Pod Well Travelled. My name is Penny Thomas and in the studio with me today is lifestyle reporter and stylist Megan French. Welcome back to The Pod. Hello. I wanted to get Megan back in today because she recently wrote an opinion piece in our newspaper, The West Australian, and it was all about her trip to Japan and how she felt quite safe there. Um, For those of you who might not have read the piece in the paper, it was a couple of weeks ago, um, I just thought I'd repeat some of the lines that you had right up the top of the story, which I just thought were quite meaningful. Um, She started off by saying, hold your keys in your hand while you walk, just in case. Send them your location while in the Uber, just in case. Cover your drink while you walk through the dance floor, just in case. Don't walk alone at night, just in case. I really liked how you sort of structured that and um, it sort of was frustratingly familiar for a lot of people, including myself, that that's the things that you sometimes have to worry about when you are out and about and, of course, travelling. It made me think of my own travels and the places that I felt safe and some of the places that perhaps I haven't felt so safe. So I thought for today's show, we could maybe discuss feeling safe when we are traveling. In particular, what sort of factors make a place feel safe, why it matters, and what tips we can probably share with some others who have plans to travel, maybe on their own or with a small group or duo. So what do you think? I believe a variety of factors contribute towards someone feeling safe in a foreign place. I mean, especially as a young woman, Mm. you know, we have to keep our wits about us just at home every day when we're going to the shops or when we're walking around our suburb. But I think that that's even more exemplified when we're abroad. Um, What I noticed when I was in Japan was, I guess, their entire society is one that's built upon respect. That's massive over there. So I'd never felt so safe in my life than when I was in Japan. Um, I was there with my best friend. We're both in our early 20s and not one time in our whole three-week trip did we have one uncomfortable encounter. We weren't followed. We weren't – there was no stalking. There was no, um, you know, oogling. There was no – Catcalling, anything Catcalling, yeah. We had a completely, yeah, blissful trip of, yeah, just knowing that we were safe and, yeah, feeling safe, which was a foreign feeling to us. And I think that that was quite jarring when we got back because – I, it made me wonder why Australia can't follow in or how we can follow in Japan's footsteps in that in that way because I feel like we should have the right to feel safe back home time. as well. Yeah, no, it is interesting that that's how you felt, when, especially as you came back to Australia where we are. Um, I think I've had similar sort of experiences as well. Actually, I think before you went to Japan, I briefly spoke to you and we were sort of discussing um, how safe it is there and, wh- and what you need to be cautious of, especially if it's um, the first time you were going there or anything like that. And I sort of mentioned that, you know, you could probably leave your phone on on a train by accident and know that it will be handed into the next station or you or someone will have it and, and be able to get it back to you pretty pretty fast really in Japan just because that sort of um, opportunistic stealing and theft doesn't really exist as much as it probably does in a lot of other countries so I found that that was something that you didn't have to worry about as much of course you've always got to know where your belongings are and, and try not to lose them and, or anything like that but it is always nice to know that you don't have to worry about sort of petty theft like that um, in a place like Japan from my experience that's always been the, the case so yeah Japan's probably one that's also on my safest places to travel um, another place is definitely Singapore it's a place that I've been to multiple times and I don't know if it's also just the size of it. It's so small. They do have quite a tough on crime sort of government and policies that they they have there, which also makes a difference. But for me being 
being a female, I was out with a, a friend of mine. We went out to dinner and drinks and we probably wrapped up about 11.30 p.m. I was able to walk back to my accommodation, um, which was probably about a half hour walk. And I had no problems, no worries sort of in the world as well. So it was actually really nice knowing that you can feel a lot safer in Singapore. And it's something that I think other travelers will also appreciate. Um, can you think of any other places that you've been to that you felt particularly safe? Not to the same extent as when I was in Japan. I can remember when I visited Los Angeles, I felt incredibly unsafe there. Um, there was not one moment that I felt safe. So that was quite kind of the opposite of how I felt in Japan. Um, but I know that when I went to um, a few areas in Scandinavia, I felt really safe, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Okay. Um that's interesting. I mean, I've recently been to the States last year and even with my husband there, there were instances where we did feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I mean, we ended up being fine in the end, but it was just some things that we had to be wary of. But I sort of know that feeling of just being a little bit cautious and that's not even on your own. So that's something to weigh up as well. Um, what are some factors that help you feel safer when you are abroad? The culture of the place of where you're visiting is obviously a massive thing. And as I mentioned before, respect is a massive thing in Japan. But there are other factors like surveillance, access to emergency services. Um, your mobile network connection is a big thing. I think if personally, if I was traveling somewhere and I had no reception, it, I wouldn't feel as safe as if I could call emergency services at any point. Yeah. Um, and then also just the friendliness of, of the people of where you're visiting. Um, as mentioned before, in Japan, everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so willing to help. If you got lost or if you couldn't find your train, ev- anyone would jump in and help you. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, the people definitely make a difference. And especially in Japan, they're so open and willing to help, which is, yeah, sometimes you don't get that in every other city around the world, but it's definitely something that's appreciated there. Okay, um, with my thoughts, I was sort of having a think about this too and what what I tend to think makes me feel safe when I am abroad. It really, there's a variety of different factors and also that I, I think I have to note that feeling safe is quite subjective to, to different people. Everyone everyone might have a different opinion about how what makes them feel safe and what doesn't. So I think we do need to note that before we start listing off these things. But I thought um, political landscape and economic stability is always something to, to weigh into how safe a place often feels feels, what the different policies are and the laws and things like that can also contribute to the, the greater society. So, something to consider. Um, if you're looking into crime rates and things like that, which sometimes you do if you are exploring somewhere new, um, you want to sort of also question are these violent crimes or are they sort of petty crimes like pickpocketing or are there lots of um, online scams or things or scammers that might target tourist areas? That's also something that I would want to know about before I go just so I can feel safe or aware of what the circumstances are. Um, I've got an example actually about when I visited New Orleans last year, I think I was a little bit worried about the crime rate there because they have quite a high crime rate. But um, my good friend Emma is living over there with her fiance and I was speaking to her and she was sort of saying like, yes, there's a big crime rate, but a lot of it is to do with people that are known to each other and gang-related sort of instances. So as long as you're not engaging with that type of stuff, you should be able to avoid it. And then when we also got there, there were times where she would say, look, that 
street or this pocket might be a little bit unsafe, I probably wouldn't travel there. So heeding the advice as well that you get from from people that are locals in the area is always important and other family or friends that you might know who have also visited those destinations can also give you a good insight as well. Um, I also jump online sometimes to just read different travel forums and blogs just to see what they're saying. And obviously, we can get a lot of advice here in the travel section um, at the West Australian. So we were always happy to offer that up if we are feeling safe or unsafe in a particular location. Um, Other than that, again, like you said, healthcare, um, having your phone, is the place I'm visiting known for being a little bit discriminatory towards groups in particular? That might be the race, religion, gender, or anything like that. Um, I think you just want to know what the culture is like there before going if you have anything like that that you need to be aware of. Um, and also, yeah, the, the last point I made was the one that I just said actually, which was just, yeah, listen to advice that you can get from other people that, that know the destination well. Um, and... In my opinion, it's best to just trust your gut instinct as well and what, what you think is unsafe. Don't don't lean into that if you do and, and be prepared to just stay stand back or take a different approach if that's the case um, when you are in a foreign place and maybe feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but otherwise, do you think, this is actually quite an interesting question that we thought about, um, do you think safety is better or worse for today's travellers if you're comparing things to how they were, say, 50 years ago when um, when people only really carried a lot of cash instead of having credit cards or anything um, or they didn't have things like smartphones and other sort of tech devices that we do today? I think it's a tricky one because I was talking to my mum about this who travelled the world when she was my age in her early 20s and she didn't feel unsafe at all. But that could have been because she was traveling with my dad. Um, And I think it's different when you're a a solo female traveler Mm. or just a solo traveler in general. Um, But I know that you you tend to carry more valuables nowadays with expensive cameras and your phone. um, Whereas we don't have that element of cash depending on where you go. Because when I was in Japan, I tend to carry cash because that was more of the Mm. common um, exchange over there. But I think yeah, I think it's a, a tricky tr- question because even nowadays there's more surveillance in some cities, so that could make it a bit more safer. Um, but as a whole, I guess it's just a different a different world that we're, we're traveling in. Yeah, and even having um, things like credit cards and, and everything as, that you're using throughout your travels, they can also get scammed when you are using them. So you do have to be careful. And sometimes I do feel. Uh, safer when I just have a certain amount of cash, whether or not that gets pickpocketed off me or not, I'm sort of willing to lose that. I probably wouldn't travel with a whole wad of cash that could be taken. I'd, I'd probably try to get it out in different amounts throughout my travels um, to make it easier. So then, yeah, perhaps that is a, a better way sometimes when you are traveling. But I know that there are lots of scams going on around the world at the moment, especially to do with credit card numbers and, and scamming them as well. So in that sense, things have probably got worse for people when it comes to money in particular. Um, but I think I agree. It's, it, it really is situational, I think, with the different places that you're going to. I think sometimes when when a city or a country is going through a tougher time, perhaps you might see petty theft increase. Um, so then if you're there at that time, you might notice that there's a, a few more people um, in the high tourist areas that may be sort of asking for money in a cup. And then if you kick that cup over, by accident when you're walking past those sorts of typical scams do still exist and they tend to increase at different times when there is a bit of instability in different areas so it's hard to tell if it is safer these days than it was before because I think those things would have still existed back then as well. And would a deemed unsafe area put you off traveling there altogether? Um, 
That's a really good question. I think that from my experience, I've booked to go somewhere before and um, Sumatra is one example that I'll use here. And I was going with two girlfriends and a few people were asked, just, just warning us about different areas and being like, is that safe to go on your own to these, these different locations, um, especially if you don't have a male with you? And it was something that we didn't really think about prior to booking our tickets. And we just thought, what do you mean? Like, in the end, it was actually fine. We were a little bit more cautious when we were going in and booking out accommodation and just making sure it had proper reviews and really going through those fine print sort of details and making sure that the transportation was good that we could get to and from our accommodation and that no one else had had problems in the past. Um, so, yes and no. I mean, we did get warned. It wasn't technically deemed unsafe as like a global sort of travel label or anything like that, but it was something that did make me a little bit uneasy. And then I was also going to say... Um, just recently, I've, I've um, done a story about Buenos Aires and how I was sort of warned by a few family and friends who have been pickpocketed and and um, I got warned not to wear any expensive jewellery or anything like that just because, you know, things you could lose things and things could get taken as well. But then I was able to overcome that when I was there by doing a guided tour, which actually made me feel a lot safer with where I was. And Buenos Aires is such a beautiful city that I would have really regretted not going out and exploring it if I felt like it was too unsafe. Um, but obviously, it depends on what the safety criteria is. If somewhere is known for having natural disasters or anything like that, that could be quite unsafe. Then obviously, you'd heed the advice that your country or other countries are, are placing on, on those specific areas. So, yeah. What about you? Well, I agree with that in terms of the importance of being aware of your surroundings, especially when you're traveling with other people. I think you can, be, you can tend to be hypervigilant when you're alone, mm. but you cannot lose that kind of awareness when you're traveling with other people but because just because you're not alone doesn't mean you're not potentially in danger Mm. so keeping your wits about you and um what you mentioned before about um asking the locals and and kind of understanding the the locals knowledge of of the safe and unsafe areas as well yeah yeah for sure um okay and i mean when you are traveling alone i just think it's so important for a lot of people as well you can learn so much about yourself and you do get out of your comfort zone but obviously being in a foreign country and not knowing the language sometimes can put you in difficult positions Um, but when it comes to your safety i think the advice that i would probably give for people is to consider what your gut instinct is saying if you are in a popular sort of area just if you think something's a bit awry maybe go into a shop or just sort of clock someone else on the street that maybe you could also approach if you feel there's someone else that's acting a bit oddly or or making you feel a bit uncomfortable um make sure your phone does work so you can send a text message to a friend or make a phone call to the police or yeah, document anything that you do need to if it's just not making you feel right. And always just take the time to just check in with yourself and be like, okay, why is this making me feel odd or not? And and is it circumstantial? Sometimes you are just tired and you're in a new city and everything can feel quite overwhelming. So don't also just put everything in one basket and say that that place felt unsafe or uncomfortable because it might be just different areas and it's also just adjusting and getting used to a place as well that we need to be aware of but do you have any particular tips that you want to share with anyone when they're traveling solo a few tips that i've gathered from traveling myself and things that i've heard from friends is to never tell a cab driver or a taxi driver that you are traveling alone if they ask or anyone um, unless you're close with them or you've met them on a tour or something, um, just being aware of, of not kind of saying loud and proud that you're traveling alone. <laughs> um, also booking a tour if you can, because I find that that's an easy and a safer way to see a city with people 
rather than going alone, especially when it comes to safety um, in terms of transport and getting there, getting getting back to your accommodation. Um, yeah, so tours are a really handy um, thing to book. Um, and then also if you're staying in a hotel room, making sure that you lock the door as soon as you're in there and you cover the peephole. I know that I've, that's quite um, common online to see videos of, of women telling other women you must cover that the peephole in your door. Oh, wow. I haven't I hadn't heard of that. So that's actually good to learn. Yeah, that's the first thing I usually do when I go in um, and check the room, check if most of the time they have a peephole cover, but if they don't, I just tend to put some tissue in there mm. and, and keep that in there until I leave. Um, and also another big one is to not post on social media your location until after you've left mm. because that kind of just puts a target on your back. Um, I just would suggest not to especially your accommodation or your hotel. Say you've got an amazing room overlooking, you know, New York or Snowfield somewhere and you want to post the hotel, I would suggest to to refrain from that until you've until you've left that accommodation. Yeah, which is so easy to do in this day and age when we do get excited and, and we are snap happy and want to post where we are and what we're doing. But that's actually really good advice. And I think I'll also just add um, one thing that I think is quite important is when you are traveling and you feel someone has come up to you almost out of the blue just to have a, a conversation or a chat and they might be locals or, or you're just a bit unsure, it's often just best to just keep walking, keep your head down and don't engage, especially if you think that they could be people that are trying to get something out of you because you don't know what their intention is sometimes, unless obviously they, they are desperate for help and you need to engage. But then in that, that circumstance, I'm sure the other people around will also chip in and, and help out as well if you're in a populated area. So, yeah, it can be odd because everyone – wants to have a chat sometimes but a lot of the times when you're in extremely popular tourist areas you have to be aware that people might not have your best intentions um, at heart so yeah um, okay well we actually also just put a few places together that we agree that we have felt safe in before so did you want to run through your the places that you mentioned Yes. So, uh, personally, I feel Copenhagen and Stockholm are quite safe. Mm -hmm. Um, When I visited, I was quite young. I was only 18 and I felt safe the entire time. I felt that the people were really friendly. The transport felt safe, um, as well as obviously all over Japan. I wouldn't just say Tokyo. Mm. but yeah, what about you? Yeah, Japan and, and Singapore were my, my top two for sure. So they're just places that I know I can go back to and have a really good travel experience because to be to be frank, I think it's really important to, to make sure when you're traveling to get outside the walls of your hotels and resorts and things like that and really experience a place for what it is and not be afraid that you can't. So for me, those two places have just had no boundaries really that I can go and explore and, and not have to worry. I mean, they are quite expensive places in the long run if you're thinking about um, where they are and how much things cost but I really appreciated just the atmosphere and the safety that both provided. I think as well it's important to note that just because solo travel can seem a bit more unsafe than if you were to travel with a partner doesn't mean it should put you off mm. because I think as long as you know uh, you have your wits about you and you know these tips and tricks there's no reason why you you shouldn't be able to. Exactly situational awareness is always very important when we travel. Um, exactly. Okay, well, thank you for joining me today. That was great. As always, you can stay up to date with our stories at thewest.com.au forward slash travel. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.